podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. Uh, my name's Dan Kennett and with me to celebrate the week in which we beat Manchester City, Manchester United and then Everton. It's like the holy trinity of wins. I have my namesake and our resident data collection and the video analyst, uh, Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Yeah, that was some week, eh? <laughs> and the contrast in the pressing collection between the Man City collection and the Everton one was as nice seven as hours. We're gonna get. Uh, it was seven, seven to three. Yeah. Oh, Everton <laughs> still took you three hours. Okay, it wow. did still take me three hours. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You've got to hone these skills like eggs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, fast <laughs> but, forward more, but I don't miss anything. Yeah. Yeah. You missed them, and then and then you missed them last week. Um, you just had to listen to us three jokers talk about non-sport science stuff. But they are back. <laughs> Both of them are back. <laughs> First of all, our most qualified uh, sports scientist. It's Dr. Phil Barter. Hi, Phil. How are we doing, boys? What a week, eh? What a week. Yeah. And not recording on a Friday for you, Phil. <laughs> not for me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, glad to have you back, mate. And you're not, and you're not playing cricket tonight either? No, no that's, that's tomorrow night. I feel all right. Okay. Nice one, right? But and then and then he and he's back as well. It's Mr. Simon Brundish, taking breaks from winning league titles with Derby Ladies and doing all kinds of um, moonlighting activities. How are you, say? Evening, boys. Good, good, good. Busy day, but good. Who was it today? Club England. Uh, no, it's a whole RFU. Bunch of, a whole bunch of tennis stuff. Oh, just the LTA then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you you were a um, um, conditioning coach, weren't you, for one of the um, ATP tour guys, weren't you, for for a while? Yep. Yep. And he was like a, like British number two or three or something, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was doing the ATP circuit. That's that's the stuff. And we have a girl, yeah. one of the women now. Okay. Oh, not um, not thingy. What's her not name? Emma. Not Emma. Not no. Radicano. Oh, sorry. No, she's she's with one of our friends, uh, uh, Gareth. Gareth Shelbourne, go look him up on Twitter because he deserves a little bit of your love. Does he? Okay, I'm sure you could do a better job with Emma though than him. Definitely. Yeah. What are you going to do about those blisters, side? I mean, that's not really a sports science thing, though, is it? <laughs> I don't know what the hell she's got wrong with her. But there you go. Nail varnish on your fingers, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, right. Anyway, we have to talk about Everton. Um, and to try and make this podcast fit its normal length, um, I don't think there's enough um, incidents in this match to do that. So we are going to do something first that we didn't have a chance to do last week's pod, which is review the latest situation with the rotation, the injuries, 
and the planning for the upcoming block of games. So, uh, Bart, we, um, did it surprise you that we only saw two rotations for United and then Everton? A little bit. Um, I thought he definitely would have done the usual with the left eights, as we've chatted before with Thiago yep. and Naby sharing the minutes, but he sprung a surprise and played um, Naby Argo against the Ev. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it, it's been interesting. I think we chatted last time I was on about the fact that he might have um, he might have worked on uh, Thiago's load over the international break. And since the international break, I think his minutes his, his minutes load per sort of week, if you like, have increased. So it seems to me he can withstand uh, a higher playing load, uh, which we're mm. beginning to see in games because he's, what was it, 90 against Everton and uh, 80, 80 against, 80, 80 against, 80 against United, United, yeah. yeah. So yeah. which touch would he, is, it, is good for us to go forward, right? So if, if you've got our best connector, shall we say, on the pitch for the majority of the running, then that's going to stand us in good stead. And Naby, I think as well, they he seems to be, I mean, I don't think he's quite up to that level increase in the minutes, but his minutes have certainly increased. And he's, um, you can see, I think, I mean, this is all the intangible, but he's, he's, he's got more confidence in his body, should we say. So I think the two of those loads going up, uh, Hendo's load going down, um, which might help him because I think he, last time we looked at the fatigue index graphs, he was getting towards the high point of his uh, injury spikes. So bringing that load down probably isn't a bad thing, but uh, Hendo needs to probably pick some minutes up to play. But uh, other than that, the front um, front four have been rotated fairly standardly. Um, Bobby being out has probably caused a few issues with him not being able to take some minutes off, should we say, yeah. um, particularly when we come to five subs in, in Europe. Um, yeah. But I think overall we're in a we're in a very good place, very very good place in terms of minutes. Um, the last fatigue in its graph I saw from Sai was that no one was anywhere near their career max uh, yeah. in terms of percentage with with what six seven games to go. Uh, six no, was it total eight games we could play? So yeah, I think um, this is a a masterclass from Klopp and the sports science team. They should be acknowledged massively yeah. for this going forward. So- just going forward, then, right? We've got uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got we've got Villarreal Wednesday, yeah, and Newcastle Saturday, Villarreal Tuesday, uh, Tottenham Saturday, Aston Villa Tuesday, and then FA Cup final Chelsea Saturday. Um, so what based on what we did against Everton, what what kind of um levels of rotations are you seeing obviously we've got the five subs in europe so you, you expect to see like you know triple subs on the hour that kind of thing yeah um, but what are you what are you what else are you expecting to see in terms of the upcoming blocker games i this is a tricky one because we've got we've got less rest than city over the next block yeah um because in a way the uefa like to rotate the days in which you have the the games it's like the Wednesday, um, Tuesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday. It's whereas it's if we were both, if both yeah. on the same day, you'd have the same amount of rest, right? And it wouldn't yeah. matter. Um, so I just put we've got six six games in seventeen days. So um, it's going going. Is it tomorrow's the game? Is it tomorrow night? I yeah. would, I would expect personally. I think we might go. I think the captain will play um, with Tiago and Naby sharing and and Fab. In the middle three is probably our, our key. Um, I expect Diaz to come in because he didn't start the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Pro- pro- probably for Jota because uh, Mane came off and Mo will start. 
And then I think it'll be Ibu at centre-half again um, with the quick turnaround needing Matip in the Premier League you game see, away. Do you see a Gomez or Simicas coming in for one of these, uh, either, either Villarreal or Newcastle? I think the, what you mean, the second Villarreal or the one on Wednesday? Oh, either, you know, any of the next couple of months. Do you, do you, see, do you, think, see, a, do you I, see a Curtis Jones start? Do you see a, a Simicast start, a Joe Gomez start? I think maybe Newcastle away, but I think that or the second Villarreal, depending on what the result is to Wednesday. I think some of this is dependent on tomorrow night. You know, if we go out and get the result that we are more than capable of doing, yeah, then yes, we could see those players coming in I don't think it'll be as wholesale as when we played um, the last quarterfinal, you know, with VVD, yeah. you know, that. Because I think you, you still need, it's a semi-final, you still need to respect it. But... I, know, it's, it's, I just looked at it the other day, it's seventh in the seventh in La Liga. I mean, what's I know. It? It's incredible, uh, isn't it? It's incredible, but if you look at that league, you know, um, Real Madrid are one point away from winning it at 73 or 75 points. Yeah. That tells you all you need to know about a points per game for that league. Um, yeah, and Villarreal have been amazing in, in Europe and that's the, the key thing they're, they're focused their energies on European football yeah so I it's not going to be we are more than capable of going there and getting a result and I think if you do get a result then you might see some relaxation for the, the following tie the weekends as I said I think Matip will come in but we're in a title fight and I think the front yeah. three will rotate depending on who doesn't start on Wednesday if you like um, and then the midfield three, uh, yes, you, there's an argument to say CJ comes in, but if your best, if your starters have to put, you know, if we have to put a high load of minutes in to get a result tomorrow night, then that will dictate a little bit as well. So I think there's planning ahead, obviously, but I do, I do think some of it is very dependent on that result tomorrow night. Yeah, fair enough. Right. So let's crack on with Everton. Sai, I believe you are back. I'm back. Right, nice one. So, um, it was it was the normal, it was the default system to to, to start with. Well, we're going to talk about we check how our changes, but um, any any no any surprises for you in 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 how we lined up or how Everton lined up? Uh, not really. It was it was kind of uh, well, I was maybe a little bit surprised by um. No Henderson because that he has generally been in our go-to games and and his yeah. uh, his chronic load wasn't high enough to have to worry about um, and so I, it feels like there was an actual selection choice for for a specific outcome yeah um, and I wonder if the front three as being the the high up the pitch kind of front three we we went for the connector of Cater in there um, yeah yeah it didn't. It, we didn't. It didn't particularly work because we didn't ever need that uh, that connection from midfield. Though he had, yeah, yeah. I think he had four um, touches in the box in the first half for a midfielder, which is yeah. that's absurd. Um, uh, and and so or no, he had seven touches in the box, which is four yeah. is absurd. Seven and a half. Jesus Christ. Um, and so he was he was getting forward to join uh, into the front four, but we just couldn't ever connect anything because because their grocks were defending so deep. Um, and I I don't see uh, anything tactically that we could have set up different. We just didn't execute in a way. So so the from a personnel perspective, 
I think it, it was smart rotation and to add a layer to what you were you were talking um, with Bart's about. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if we saw Samikas in the next two games because because Robert has a chronic load of 144, which is an insane Ooh. amount, and that's yeah. that's pushing right up to the edge of anyone's boundary. And we have to do this again for the next four weeks. So I'm not sure yeah. he's got the capacity to do that without breaking. And, and there's no point, yeah, not necessarily the point to take any risks at this at this stage as well. Um, but um, you're the opposition analyst here. You did then the normal pre-match previews and stuff in the Discord group. Did um, did Everton's like did Everton's lineup and personnel surprise you? They obviously they lost somebody in the warm. They lost a player centre back in the warm up, didn't they? Um, yeah, which meant they had, they had to change both centre halves from the previous game and their six was different as well. So they had Mina and Godfrey and Delph as that sort of triangle in the previous game against Leicester and neither none of them played against us. Yeah. Um still played largely the same system four one, four one, but I mean that's they ended up basically a five. and uh, Richardison uh pushed up and then uh Gordon being the the trying to be the outlet to join him. Yeah, but otherwise, no. I think they they largely did as I, I thought. I, I I think it was Rosie in the chat that was like, "Why weren't we? Why didn't we expect this? Or maybe we did expect this." But that is, I think they took it to a different level than they did against Leicester. But they they certainly have been trying to be more um, uh, defensive, low block um, in the last few games. Looking at the the reports that have come out. Yeah, I haven't. I must admit. I mean, I haven't watched all Everton's matches, only the highlights, but I haven't come across them being this defensive in any of their most recent matches. But uh, yeah, no, I think it was also bare. They also added in the Mourinho playbook and the rest yeah. of it, didn't they? So it, I think you that probably masks or highlights uh, a, a way of playing more than if they had been doing it without all of that. You know, the diving around and the and the you know calling for everything going to the sun. Yeah. Uh, creates that image, isn't it, that they're even more uh, shit-housing, should we say? So before the match, I actually asked one of my um, the day before, I think maybe the two days before, I asked one of my Everton mates about how he thought Lampard was doing and his assessment of Lampard, and he said that uh, um, he's um, the problem with Lampard is he, the way way his game plans are all. Um, he thinks he's got better players than he has. Um, so I, I, I asked him, and do, do, do you think that? Do you mean that like he, he thinks he's like managing his old, old Chelsea team basically, and he said, "Well, you know, but he, need, he needs to dumb it down a bit. I think and come up with a more effective game plan for the personnel that we've got." And I think you could definitely say they, they did that on the weekend. <laughs> they, didn't, they certainly didn't oh, try wow. to be over ambitious there, did they? Nah, no. definitely not. They they definitely just went with what can we do right. <laughs> yeah. They dumbed it down. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, what was it? Seventeen percent of the game. And that was a lot of that was they were inflated in injury time when they had a big passing sequence in injury I reckon time. Your mate, I reckon your mate has offers way too much respect for that dickhead. I don't think he has any tactical plan and he got his mate to do the game for him because if you actually watch their plan, he's not setting up around uh, the old Chelsea system. He is he is it's almost like uh, Liverpool in the seventies. Let's go set a five aside up and go and do your best. Yeah, it's, it's so you've got no, you've got no. is awful. So you, you don't, you don't. You obviously saw him close up at Derby for for a year as well. So you don't rate Lampard in any way as a coach. I think he's a terrible coach. I have to say, I don't 
from just looking at it, and my, one of my best mates is Derby, and he, yeah, I think he's a terrible coach. I mean, if you looked at the pre-report I did on them, they they're below a league, league average in every area of the pitch of recovering the ball. If you're fighting down the bottom, that that can't happen. You can't be that easy to play against. Alan is a very good player, and he what was it? What was the stat you put inside? Was it two in the whole game, and they were both kickoffs? It was one. the kickoff. One and, he, and we've kickoff. seen him dominate us for against uh, when he was in Napoli colours. Yeah. So I just think I, I always remember yeah. a UP about four years ago, say, where we I can't remember which team we were playing, but there was a lad who played for them called Jason Denea. And uh, you, you, you mocked him because he, he had eight touches and made three passes. Uh, Sunderland, it might have been Sunderland. Yeah, it was from Sunderland, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. So so and he was, he was just man marking. <laughs> and yeah, so Jason Denea anyway, but then you got Belgium but Alan right. is is proven Champions League quality player. Top, you think he, you think he won a title with Napoli? So, you know, it's just, just absolute. Um, to have a player of that quality not make a single, complete a single pass is, it's just. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it for that for a player of that level. Also playing in the six, yeah, like he, he's literally the outlet. You know, give me the ball, I'll, I'll go the other way. If you trouble, give it six like we do with Fab. Yeah, and yeah. he, he didn't. I just can't believe it. He didn't make a part. Yeah. Anyway, if it's anybody. Up. Has anybody got stat zone? Because it would be good to get a a a, 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 a gif of um, um, snapshot of Jordan Pickford's distribution. Because oh, the only thing I could see with Everton was it Rosie was it seemed to be Pickford would clear the ball at least eighty meters every single opportunity he had. He had. <laughs> That's exactly that. Well, you've just posted the two um, passing networks and the absolute. Um, we all, we've had a couple of banter passing networks in recent. Consecutive matches, it's but there's no network. There's no network. It's the first passing map without a network between the players. There's, there's one link between um, Michelangelo and Gordon. Uh, there's a, a long one that goes over Richarlison's head, and then there's a slight one between um, it will be and Gordon. It's, it's amazing because the Pickford one you've ever seen. The Pickford, the Pickford line doesn't even connect with Richarlison because no, no, it goes over his head. But um, yeah, Rosie, um, give us that match summary. Then this is going to be this is going to be interesting. Yeah, um, very interesting. It's kind of it's kind of a half hour um, match somewhere because in the for the first sixty of have you have you got it in split? No, no. Till the first goal. Till the first goal. um, There wasn't a shot on target for a start. Um, that was the first shot on target on the 62nd minute by Robertson. Um, obviously, the uh, the network at that point, in terms of XG, was not point. I think not point two three to not point two five. It was nothing. Um, I posted it in the group half time. The half time one. It was it was really bad. Um, even for me to lay, to label my favourite player awful, Dan. So that took some doing. But anyway, the figures. Um, 1.7 non-penalty XG to 0.4. The models were a little bit out. Kayleigh had us the lowest at 1.3 and Opto had us the highest, again, for a change. They're usually quite strict, but 2.07 for them. So, yeah, it came out of that. Twice as many shots, 18 to 9. 18 is our season average, exactly. We dropped from 20 about six games ago. Um, but, yeah, the four shots on target and Everton had one really late on. That was their only one. Yeah. Um, after 91 minutes, <laughs> that's how bad they were. Um, yeah, it all came 
after the uh, subs, 12 shots in the box to five, two big chances to zero, 41 touches in the box to 14. You asked me to get the time played, and it was 50 minutes, Dan. That's that's all in play time, 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah. that must be one um, of the lowest of the season. Yeah, I will come on to the person later, but it was it was so instructive because they were. I, is it like um, a fast forward five seconds function when I'm watching on LFC TV, and the amount of five seconds I was fast forwarding when an Everton player went down was phenomenal. It was it was amazing. They were taking ninety seconds out of the game <laughs> every single time one of them went on for sometimes more, and then there was little melees between the players. It was. As much time wasted, even at one nil down, this carried on doing it. Um, it was unbelievable, and that's probably the key to the match. They came not to even engage in a football match; we just laughed at the passing network, um, not having a shot on target until you turn all down in the ninety-first minute. These are the key stats, aren't they? They didn't threaten. I think they had two, maybe half chances. Um, Gordon had one that dragged across goal. Um, and then the Decore one in the first half, both from a failed press, I think, Dan. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was a game we dominated possession. We didn't have much pressing to do. Um, we got two chances and took them both. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how, right, so, Bart Sensei, how, how, do we, uh, how do we explain a half of football where essentially... Nothing of any quality happens. Um, there's, there's, there's no big chances for either team. And one side has, in the first half, has eight, is 14% possession and 32 completed passes and a sub 50% passing accuracy. How, I, I can't, I've seen some extreme performances at Anfield, Tony Pulis' Stoke, um, namely the main, the main one. The only difference with Everton is they weren't as physical as that, that Pulis' Stoke team. Um, how, how, how do we explain this kind of performance in, in 2021? Bart, do you want to have a go? <laughs> what do you, mean for, you mean for them or for us? I mean, it, it's just... It's, just the uh, match generally, I mean... I, I, we, it was... Um, I think it was... I think it was signed in the chat. It said, this drill is attack versus defence. Literally a drill you do in training every single week. Yeah. And this is what it was for a half. It was like, right, they've sat in, I think at the... At one point in the first half, they literally had everybody back behind the ball uh, with Richarlison doing some sort of movement in front to try and cut the heart, spit the pitch in half, but not very effectively. So they had a set in back four with a five in front. Their spacing wasn't great, as we've already discussed, because Frank can't coach that. So it was meant that our, we had the ball, we were moving it around, we were getting into some areas, but it just wasn't quick enough. And we weren't stretching the their back four quick enough you know the usual way of when someone sits in doing that is you switch the ball really quickly and the spacing eradicates and becomes worse so therefore it creates a better opportunity to, to, to play a ball into the into the space where you can attack and pull it across or whatever you want to do with a cross um but because we were our pace just seemed not lethargic but it just wasn't the same usual Trent uh didn't seem to be as sharp as maybe he was against United. So it just meant that it ended up being we would shift it at the not quick enough. They would get set again. We'd go back across again. And it just become that. 
And then we try and speed it up, but because we hadn't done it quick enough into the spaces, I think Mane, we had a, a move on 20 minutes, was it, where Mane span Gordon and put it just over the bar, uh, which was an instance of where we did manage to get some play going. And then Jota had one on half an hour where he had a snapshot in the six-yard box. Yeah. Uh, and then there was one on 40 minutes, but it there it wasn't. We didn't create because we weren't playing at our usual tempo. I didn't think so. I might, might have a different opinion. Um, we didn't create those waves and pressure of attack building by us relentlessly keeping the ball in the third and moving it around quickly. So they're sitting in, no matter how disorganised we can banter and say it was, was effective because. We weren't moving it quick enough to 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 move them around, and then whenever we got they got the ball, they just went down for a foul. So, say, do you want to do you want to build on that? I mean, um, we faced these kind of teams before. Um, um, can you remember our start, our possession being as kind of sterile as 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 this before in 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 under in recent years under Klopp, where we've been really good? Uh, we've we've had bad games. We've had bad games even this season. But last season there were plenty of them. Just not oh, yeah. quite, not quite as extreme as this. But we've we've definitely been ponderous and oh, especially um, last season and that terrible run for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but even even to be uh, there were there was even a period where we were winning games where it looked like we didn't know how to win games that we w- we didn't have a strategy in in yeah. getting ourselves into the <clears> box. Do you remember the whole? Uh, the, the seven ways we create chances. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we kind of, we stopped and forgot, but this season it's kind of mostly back and we've been tremendous. Um, and in this game, I think we got, uh, the whole Derby thing, it played a role and, and we had a really prime example of the humans that are on a, uh, are in our football team. And we got dragged into um, their game. This is the thing they wanted to um, create. We got emotional, and instead of being cold-blooded killers, we got really angry. I I was I posted at halftime in our group that I thought one of one of our lads, one of our um, creative lads, were the ones going to be sent off because that's what happens in these games. You, it never ends up being a cruncher. It, it, the ref always lets a couple of crunches go and then they'll they'll book or send off a winger and for re- retaliating. And and it almost happened to Jota, if you think about it, in the first mm. half. Uh, and then Mane, too, twice. Yeah. And, and yeah. we've seen people sent off for the things that they did when all they were doing was retaliate, retaliating to the absolute bastardry of Chelsea. Of Chelsea, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they happened to be, be Everton. Slip. <laughs> yeah but but that was so we um i i um i was uh, collating the um time that um pickford was was taking to get the ball back into play and at half time it was 10 minutes and 44 seconds this oh, is like the ball going that. behind the ball going dead taking the set starting the ball and as well as as well as his flopping to the floor like I'll, yeah, as exactly. I'll, yeah mimic later Four times during the game that he managed to save the ball or pick collect the ball and take more than twenty seconds to get rid of it out of his hands, and that's just allowed and it makes no yeah, sense. It should be six seconds, is it still? Six seconds. That's yeah. the rule. It's, it's never, I've never seen it enforced, really. Only yeah. the moonlight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
23 seconds with Mingley and and um, Pickford went over 23 seconds twice. And so, that was the most I've ever seen. But the thing is that we got we got dragged into their way of doing it. And and so much so that by 30 minutes, when we when we'd had two touches in their box, that uh, we'd had four touches in the final third after 30 minutes that we started to lash out and get get properly aggressive against them like we have to fight them for this and and so our focus went from playing the ball as fast as we can and trusting each other that can control and take a player out without with our um touch to let's ponderously make sure that they get it like I've ne- I don't remember Trent playing balls behind players before so slowly so they had to come out of whichever direction they were going to get the ball Instead yeah. of just blaming at them, in the second half we started to blam it at them and and use the brilliant talents that we had on the pitch. In the first half we were being so safe and careful, doing that patience first until we got angry. Was the um was the Nadia side? Was it um the um when Thiago dribbles past Richarlison and then Richarlison goes down in feigning injury and stays down for what a good forty five seconds before the Kure hacks down who was it i don't know was it fab fab fabinho was that the nadia that when when it with the tipping point for us when it became fight after that i think that was the moment that the game changed yeah yeah i've never seen a player get dribbled past and then go down injured never seen that before roll his own ankle it was disgusting yeah because for yeah because uh, Thiago did basically did him like a kipper, went past him, progressed <laughs> past him, and he rolls around like an absolute fanny. So, so we we looked at first half, second half, and I think it was literally just from this. This this did Klopp's team talk for him because it was forty fourth minute, right. and then we played a couple of minutes afterwards, whatever. <laughs> um, and I, I I think it just riled our players no end, focused them a little bit. Klopp went uh, like just re- basically remember who you are, boys. Um, and they went out and they they started to play around like that they were actual footballers uh, instead of the street fighters that were that that they that Chelsea Everton were hoping for. Yeah, Rosie, any thoughts on that? Well, anything about <laughs> the other boys? I, I'm, I'm as an, and as anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time will know, I'm very loath to use the intangibles. But I think this was a game where the intangibles mattered. I think Everton wanted to turn it into something where anything but football was what people were doing. With not, you know, they, they were winding us up and winding us up and constantly winding us up. We could see them diving, getting booked for diving. We could see them falling on the floor for long periods of time. It's going to start to frustrate you. I thought it was frustrating some of us, some of the more composure, the, the more composed players that we've got who can make them passes into feet quicker or quicker than we, we were doing in this game. And we just seemed to get frustrated. We, we were sometimes late in the tackle, late in the press. And although they weren't causing us any problems, because they had no ambition to, um, it was stopping us breaking them down. So, yeah, it was. It, once the emotions cranked up, we seemed to go, for, we can't let this shit beat us. Let's just play as game, not worry, and not get involved in. I think there was at least three occasions where more than eight players came and kind of surrounded the ref. And Yeah. Yeah, it was just fucking so, hell. Just on the ref then, Bart, so how, how, um, how did you think um, Atwell did? 
overall? Honestly? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was poor. I genuinely think a lot of the... Inst- that, that instant we spoke about as being the Dadar could have been avoided very early on. If you book someone, you know, if you... If you pick up on peak for time wasting from the second time you did it, if you stop, if you don't let people carry on play acting, it doesn't build that pressure. You don't give them ex- that. That was one of their tools to, uh, as I said, make us make it emotional, wind us up, that kind of thing. If you take that away from us, it becomes a football game. That's mm. what it should be. It shouldn't be about the dark arts. We've had this discussion before, yeah. and the referee is in charge of making sure the dark arts don't destroy the football. And I think for large periods of this game, I mean, yes, we sorted it at half time, particularly in that first half. The Everton players were just getting away with exactly what they wanted to do, which is not play football. And that's the referees, that's in the referees' remit to stop that happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, I, I, I do agree with that point, actually, for sure. But like, considering um, two games in the last four years at Anfield, Everton have had ridiculously soft penalties against this Calvert Lewin and then. Um, who was oh, you want to go there now, do you? Do you oh, well, because so, yeah, no, well, there, there, there was one in the first half as well. Oh, yeah, but that was, was a dive. That was a dive. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is, yeah. There's Calvert Lewin twice against Lovren and then falling over Trent's head. Trent's head, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I just thought the only thing I got that he got in this match was he didn't give Everton the soft pen. And in fact, he booked him for diving. But anyway, I just wanted to see what got your impression of how he handled it. Because when it, when he got to that brawl, I just thought he was completely, he looked all out of his depth at that point to me. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I, I think that showed him he'd, he'd lost he'd lost the, the control at that point because less are we being honest about it and saying Mane should have maybe should he have got a worse punishment than he did? You know, what? he pokes he pokes someone in the eye and had someone by the front. Yeah, I'm trying to say that, but that so shows you the referee didn't control that situation. He'd, he'd let someone lie on the floor for ages and not told him just to get up. He'd let Fab be kicked and then spun round and the guy got a book in. And then in the meantime, Mane's gone on and grabbed someone by the throat and stabbed someone in the eye. Not stabbed someone in the eye, poked someone in the eye. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. But, but you know what I'm trying to say? That, that's a clear, like you said, that, that is an indication that he hasn't got control of the football match at all. Yeah. With 20, 20 players are basically not quite in a brawl, but they're all centred around an, uh, an incident. That's not, that's not good for a referee. Not at all. Uh, any more... Any more for any more on that first half? Any more stats on that first half? There are no stats that exist in that first half. No, well, we covered the ones, the only <laughs> ones that we could possibly function. I did like, I did like, um, size manufactured, uh, sorry, self collected stats on yes. time wasting. That was excellent. Excellent. That was yeah. awesome. Excellent innovation, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Right. Um, I, I, would so, like, I would like to say we had we had uh, six touches in the box in the first half, which is the lowest for the lowest that that I only look back two seasons, but that's the lowest we've had in any any half in two seasons. Wow. Yeah, it's not. And, and we 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 lost ten games in a row last year. Well, we didn't, but it felt like it. But we <laughs> were shit for ten games, and we still had more touches in the box than in this first half. Yeah. Many of it, our final third passes were wasn't great. Was it 130 oh. final thirds? And I just put the rate there. It increases after half time, which kind of goes to what we're saying. We just weren't our touches. Uh, our forward play wasn't there. Wasn't there in the first half. We were so. I think that the if we the last intangible is that we our focus, which is what you hear all the time, is patience, and that we started the game being patient. So that when the ball was kicked out, 
we just, like Trent or Robbo, would walk 20 yards, bounce the ball a couple of times to take a throw in. By which stage they've got 10 men in a block, in a cube, yeah. around, around the edge of their box, and there's nothing we could do to get through them. At no point did we create any kind of intensity to, to unsettle them, to cause them stress. And it was only when we started to cause them stress by them allowing, uh, by giving the ball away, allowing them to attack. It caused them physiological and then psychological stress for us to, to, to break through gaps. Okay. So, so I stay with you. Did you see what did, before we before we before the subs? What um, changes did you see in the patterns of play in in leading up to the when the subs were made? A couple of things instantly. Instantly, we we waited before the eight joined the front line. Um, uh, they made a, a run slightly later, and the fullbacks went a little bit wider. But mainly, we were we were trying to punch passes um, diagonally into the fullback center back like area inside the inside right inside left and knowing that we were going to give the ball away so that they would enticing them to break so we were obviously hoping for the ball would go through and we would score but knowing that we we had coverage and they would try to break on us which allowed them to push forward isolated gambling against our defenders and our great center, great goalie if the ball ever got there but it they would then push out and we would recover the ball, and and we are the best team in the world in transition. Yeah, but we create we 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 chose to take risks, and we didn't take any risks in the first half. Yeah. Um, and before we come on to the um uh, the subs, Rhodesy, do you want to should we cover the pressing now? Um, for what what there was yeah. because um, I. We, we've changed our schedule this week. I, we thought we were recording Friday, so I haven't actually done the pressing analysis. Do, do you just want to give us your observations? Sorry, boys. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you want to um, um, give us your observations on what you saw when you rewatched it and collected? You just tell oh. your, your main findings. Not much. Is that, is it, it's, it's usually you that does the analysis. I would say that it's more. it wasn't the pressing that was the issue, although there was two shots. Everton had that came from I think a failed press by Thiago and a failed press by Nabe. Um, they, they didn't give us any much opportunity. I think when you do do it, it might be quite intense because I think 103 from 17 percent is quite a lot. If you it's almost like of, one pass per press. That's just if quite you think high about, you know some of the other games we've had. We've played Burnley and you, had usually what you see when when usually what you see when you see um low volume games very low possession games from the, the opposition you see a lot of group presses from ours where we because we have the opportunity more to go two three players and even, um on one did we, did you see much of that no not at all i think I, um was it five or six maybe group presses from 103 you'll tell me about the rate but that is, that seems pretty low yeah it is low uh, um, and 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 the rest of it was just turnover ball was it they were before they got we got a chance to form a group around one of their so, so, so turned it turned it out turned it over by go, by hoofing it <laughs> yeah, long yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i think yeah. there were quite a few possession wins and turn, mainly from turnovers rather than direct possession wins and then um to running into the space it was more they were just lumping it yeah so so Bart's, I mean, um, the the interesting tactical um, discussion point now, obviously, is, is the substitutions, and um, it's not often that we have to go to break glass mode, is it? And we have to actually 
change plan A. It's you know I I asked my Twitter followers um, during the game on on, on you know, how what when when was the last how often have we used this tactic? And the answer was this is going to be the third time this season that we brought on Origi as a as a second centre forward in the team and gone to kind of a would you say it was a four four two or four two four? Plus, where do you stand on that? I would say it's four two four with ball. Um, you can clearly see in a lot of the images uh, against Everton, we basically had four against their four, and our yeah. two controllers playing as a pivot, uh, or Tiago doing you know what he does, and then it allowed our fullbacks to come and join in, um, which meant their outlets were only Gordon and Rich, uh, Richardson, so we were sort of two on two with the support from the from the fullbacks we needed. But um, no, I thought it. Yeah, was it Norwich last time when we were one nil down? Yeah, there were. So the, the other two, the other two occasions were we were one nil down after sixty-two minutes against Norwich. Yeah, uh, Origi comes on, uh, and then we score within two minutes of him coming on, a bit like this, yeah. uh, and go on to win three-one. And the other one was Wolves away. Uh, it was nil-nil. Origi comes on after sixty-seven minutes, and we end up winning with in injury time with Origi himself scoring the winner. So, but all three times we've gone to break glass mode, it's it actually ended up in a positive result. So that that's something I think. Yeah, I'm definitely. Saying. It's. I mean, we were we were improving after the half. I think as I said, and equally, you know, reduced before the first sub was not far off our entirety of the first half. You know, point fourteen versus point one nine. Not great, but it still shows you that we we'd improved in that short period. But then we made the subs and we create more in that, that next period, obviously, because we, we get the the first the first goal. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's... So I spoke a lot there about how we weren't creating chaos for them. And by giving them four players to deal with rather than two and, a, and one dropping off, you know, because that's, tradition- that's normally how our three play, um, yeah. they... That created the chaos. It meant they didn't really have a single easy outball for any of the defenders. They they were therefore just clearing it, which enabled us to mop it up and then just go again and create. And they each had to do some one v one defending without any cover. Yeah. Which we're brilliant at, they're not. So yeah. it meant then led led to uh the goal being created was it uh an Origi knockdown from uh I can't really put the pass in, but uh Origi put Touches it, it, to it, it was Salah. It was, yeah, it was from Salah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Mo clips it to back post and, yeah. and puts it in, which instantly heads it in the area that they're really poor at winning any jewels in, which is between the, the six-yard box and the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, nice one. I, so, actually he, I, I actually thought Mo was looking for Jota, and it was just over Jota's head, wasn't it? Mate, yeah, yeah, maybe, but he still puts it into the area where he looked at those two players there. So, yeah, yeah but I just thought that it, sh- it created that chaos that Evan couldn't handle. Um, yeah. And whether they decided to go and focus on Origi, and I don't think they would have expected Robbo to come where he did, but that allowed that space, and and we scored. And then from that moment on, I, I don't. Uh, they had a was it a breakaway Gordon, yeah. um, where he fires across the goal. Uh, other than that, I don't think they had many other opportunities. It was just us keeping them in, and I was just intrigued to how long Klopp would keep it with that two four two, if you like. Um, yeah. Eventually, for the last. 10 minutes, we were chatting in the chat when we went to get everything the captain on, and he brought him on for the last 10. Yeah. Uh, which led to the, the second one. So, so yeah. Si, um, you, we spent a lot of the, ta- lot of the first half um, talking about intangibles, but obviously bringing on a sub like Origi and changing changing the default system, that's very, yes, extremely tangible. Um, seeing as you're um, Divock's um, biggest fan, um, how, do, how did you assess just is it just having an extra body in there? Does it really make that much difference? Is it just purely coincidence? What, how, do you, how do you assess it? 
Sai. drops his. He's instrument. stunned. He's stunned. He had to talk about yeah. Divock. Divock, Jesus! I well, I'm going to say exactly what you'd think. I'm going to say I think oh. we I think we won the game because Mo was really good. Um, uh, but if Divock Divi, doesn't come in on, how Divi, does Mo get the ball back? Well, there would have been a different player there because he didn't make a run. Would there? Well, he didn't make a run that that isn't covered usually by a centre forward. That Bobby makes that run. Um, Mane would have made that run, and there would have been two centre forwards as well. Isn't that the the key thing that that we had two centre forwards for this for the first time? Really? I don't know. One of them was outside the box. Either way, he uh, he would he it worked. My point was going to be that Divi didn't do anything to unsettle our patterns. He kept the ball. He had um so uh, usually for him, he he has about 55 to 58% ball retention, which is Correct. awful. Yeah. Yes. Um and in this game, um he had uh, a, a cool seventy percent ball retention, which is amazing. Right, sixty-eight. Respectable. Actually. Which is which is all which is still terrible, but it's it's nowhere near as terrible for uh, uh, for him. Um, yes. And he had ten out of ten passes, which yep. usually that's not him. Uh, but on top of that, it's actually way better than Mane's. Mane didn't keep the ball very well at all in this game. So we replaced a lad who was having a very poor game from ball retention perspective with a lad who, who had better, much better ball retention, which allowed us to build from. Plus, of course, the intangible that it was Everton. And it's Divi, and they yeah. knew he was going to score. <laughs> it's, um, but, but also, Diaz was better. Yeah. yeah, Diaz was better. Diaz was great, wasn't he, when he came on? He really was, mm. he was the live wire. Rosie. Kenny, I can't believe you're allowing this Divi uh, blast. I know, but that we, we it, it, you know, we, we have to disgrace. He's arguably having the greatest season in football history. What is it? 34 minutes per goal. What are we saying here? <laughs> Rosie, I'm coming to you last now, so you can out sigh for his comment in the UP group. <laughs> if we've not had a shot on target, we've not had a. Uh, we've not had a big chance yet. It comes on, we get two. He scores one of them and has a has a crucial role. Yeah. Well, uh, and three minutes at, three minutes after we take the lead, Sai says, "I think we should take Divi off now." I think there was. A, I think his first two presses were failed. So, oh was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What about the uh, Matic header and the salad one over the bar? I thought one of them might have been a big chance because it was what? kind of a and the PK one. spot. Yeah. Yeah. But then the header before that, that that is blocked, I think. Salah curl over um, on his left, that one, where it goes over the yeah, it angle. Like a, yeah, it looked like a really good header chance so, to close to goal. Rosie, talk to me about um, talk to me about what I asked Bart. So, you know, the the um, your view on the us changing from Plan A and and going to break glass mode and, and it working. Now, what what do you think about this? As a, we'd always, we, it's not big enough sample to to know that it's repeatable. But what what what's your whole feelings about this? Um, the basic level is it's been a six-point gain, hasn't it, Dan? We've been oh, no more than that because if we were losing at Norwich as well, we've, yeah. we've gained every time it's yeah. every time we've tried to do it, it's worked. That's all we can say. And because it's such a small sample, we haven't been in that situation many times. It's hard to know, but he's, he's got all three matches, Rosie, were quite <laughs> similar. In the opposition, was extremely defensive. Yes, and I 
tend to agree with so I think Diaz was a much bigger difference. Um, he got on the end of a Diaz volley back into the box for the set for the for the second goal. Yeah. Second Did you uh, were you counting his expected tricks in this match? <laughs> that bloody that piece of control the best part of the game. Wow, well, how good was that? <laughs> Absolutely no need and does it with absolute aplomb just to mock them. It was amazing. <laughs> the Liverpool fine. fans, if you watch the close-up behind um, from one of the angles, are actually laughing at him for doing yeah. that piece of control. It's so ridiculous. It that one final point on when the match result was really in the balance. We have to talk about the non-penalty. It's been the media focus afterwards. Yeah. Rosie, you, you're the closest we've got to a qualified yeah. referee here. What's your verdict? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure about that. Um, oh, side definitely is. It's. Um, I didn't think it was a pen, I th- I, but it, it, it's been said a thousand times now. When I was watching it live, I thought, "Oh, that might be given," and then you watch it broken down, and it's kind of like they lock arms, and then there's a little coming together. Is it? You know, not is enough, it a high bar that we've heard about all season, Rosie? Is it, was yeah. that was that this no more evidence of this that well, not, you know, it needs to be more than just a little nudge for, to be given as a pen these days? I don't want to feed any conspiracy theories, Dan, but um, it does look like he goes to whistle. Is he whistling just for the goal kick, yeah? Yeah, I think, he's, I think he's whistling for the goal kick. Do you think if he hadn't booked him for simulation in the first half... That he might have given it. He had so no control of the game. He had no control of the game, and for Rotey. an hour, he allowed Everton to have control of the game. Roti, say yeah. Gordon, he hadn't booked Gordon for simulation in the first half, right? Say that incident yeah. hadn't happened. Do you think he gives the pen? That's possible. Human psychology. Um, once you've booked a player for blatantly the cheating, um, when there's a coming together of two players, it could affect, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but if he didn't have any control, maybe that was his way to try and get some control, but then he caused an even big, <laughs> bigger melee with more people getting involved. But yeah, yeah. it wasn't... He, he didn't have any control throughout the game, and it was only, as I says, after about 40 minutes when the yeah. first one happened on, uh, on um, Fabinho that we started coming back into it. Uh, right, road uh, Bart's pen or no pen? No pen for me because he he actually stamps on Matip's foot and then goes oh, over. I missed that. I missed that. He actually locks arms and then stamps on or you know treads on Matip's foot and then goes over. But it is, I mean, you know, I watched some games with a, with a, with an old school neighbour and he was like, "Oh, that was at the end screaming," and I was like, "No," because we don't get those decisions. So um, I. I I don't think it was a penalty. No, to answer your question, have, have we seen them give him? Yes, we yeah. have. Do I think the psychology of booking him early in the first half fed into it? Probably. Probably. Because he, as we, referees are not robots. They've already said that in many, many times that things do feed into them when they shouldn't do. Um, and I think that by booking him early on, he set the tone that that guy's a diver. He also dives uh, la- uh, later on in the game as well and he's kicking the ball away. So, Presumably, he could have had a second yellow before even that instant. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think it was a pen though. And finally, pen or no pen? I think it was one of those things where I would have I would have been screaming for a pen. Um, and it's not it's not it's not a foul, but those things are penalties all the time. They shouldn't be. So yeah, I'm fine. That's with fair. Them. Yeah. Does Raheem yeah. Sterling get a pen there? Fucking yes. 
and Andy Pace. Pace. And 100 percent and so was Anthony Gordon. So was Anthony Gordon. If he didn't yeah. die in the first half so blatantly, he 100 percent would have would have had a penalty, and Stuart Atwell would have been stood there with a hard on. <laughs> oh, uh, quick! Actually, um, on the refs, was your was your mate the fourth uh, mid the the one who always fails his fitness test? Was he fourth official in this one? Was he on the touchline with Kloppo? What's his name? The fat one, Moss. John Moss. Was he fourth official? No, uh, it was no, it was a young dude. Oh right, okay. I must. I don't know where I saw John Moss. Anyway, um, right. Uh, second goal. Uh, Sai, talk to me about that. <laughs> talk to me about Divi's second goal. Why do you keep asking me about Divi? I understand when I need to step aside and allow somebody to celebrate his glory, but it definitely shouldn't be me. <laughs> oh, right, Bart, you could talk to me about the second goal then, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I'll roll it back a little bit because it's actually some really good, uh, which leads to Mo pulling it back for a Tiago shot. Uh, it's a nice passage of play, it goes out for a corner. Robbo pings it to the mid zone, it gets cleared. We recycle it. Hendo clips it to the back post. Uh, Diaz tries an outrageous overhead kick. Uh, bounces into, I think it's a bounce or goes in the air and uh, a really bounces, yeah, puts it straight in the net. So, um, and small arms is again flapping, looking at Origi's face, thinking, Why, why again? You know, but um, yeah, no, it's actually it, it did come from a set, but I think it came from a set play, and we we it we did, recycled. it was second phase, second phase, second phase, yeah, 20th, and we recycled 20th it. corner uh, goal of the season in all competitions, yeah, so it, it kind of. It didn't surprise me that we got something out of it because they're they're not very good at defending set play. So um, they, they, they yeah. cleared the first one, and it yeah. was the and it was the classic Hendo first time clip to the back post. Yeah, it was. He always does that. People always rinse him about, but somehow managed to link out with. Um, yeah. he, he does that and uh, probably summed up there's his day actually that Origi yeah. nicks it off him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many shots did we have from, from set pieces in this game? I should know that. The one. How many shots? How many just, shots? The one. just the one, I think. Was it? Didn't we have no. two from the corner? Second first from a corner from Matty Pantala? Oh, no, no, six. Six. You're right, Roti. Six. six. We're going to say. Yeah. There you go. Well, well, I think we're, we were already on course to break the Premier League record for shots from. That's higher than average volume, isn't it? Yeah, it's four point four point eight over the season is the is the Premier League record, and we got there's another six in this game. Um, you know, this, this is the sixth game in a row we've scored with our first shot on target. Is that right? Now that is good. That's a great. That start. is good. And did you know this was our tenth clean sheet in thirteen matches? So this run where we we are going toe to toe with City, it's been built on defence. It's 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 a bit old school, really. It's a bit like to back to twenty eighteen nineteen. But it's how you win the league, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, fingers crossed. Um, so, what was the last one I was going to ask on the agenda? Oh, fuck's sake. Uh... I would say it was from exactly the same spot as the one that came off the bar. Exactly the same. It was mad. Was that the one with Trent pings it in from just over the halfway? No, it's, it's the, the one against Everton. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. The, the way Ali rolls it forward to Trent in the dying minutes of Derby. And Trent pings it in the box, and it comes off the bar, and then Arigi puts it in from three three yards. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the one that Van Dyke does that volley, that miscued volley. And then Origi knocks it in because Pickford tips it onto the pad, doesn't he? Uh, I thought it was the same place, but yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, you're talking about the same thing. You just, you just the wrong. You, you, the Bart's has just wrong about how they hit the bar in the first place. It was definitely so, Virgil. Sorry, last last point on the agenda. I want you spotted something on FB Ref. You might have found the record um, for Thiago Alcantara. Yes. Which one? There's about 425 things. <laughs> no, but, but, but the best one you posted in the group. Total distance. Progressive. Oh, Progressive is, 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 No, total, total distance. Is total his, distance. his total distance was more than Everton's. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 2,325 metres total distance. Um, yeah. Um, is that no, the that, most, by, most by a player was, for us this season? That's progressive distance. No, it's progressive. Total, it's 520. Total distance. Let me get it up. Yeah, it's progressive. It's 520. I'm looking at it now. Uh, but that's combined passing. Passing. And there was an extra layer to this that I hadn't said in the first, the first place. And I'm on the wrong sheet. To- yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But is that the most total distance that you've recorded from, you know, because you tried the stuff from FB ref. So the most, you've it's the most total distance that, that um, he has recorded this season, for sure. It's the most total distance that we have recorded as a team as well. 14,000 metres. Yeah, that's a lot of football pitches. Anyway. That's insane. Yeah, it, it does. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not. It's, that's 14,000 passing metres. It's actually uh, total distance is seventeen and a half thousand meters total. Yeah, with the ball. Yeah, with the ball. Well, that is just nuts. Right, any other business, chaps? Have we got a briefest preview on how we think it's going to go tomorrow? Um, and one oh. question that was asked earlier: Why aren't why are we playing at twelve thirty on Saturday when we're not supposed to? Is that because we've said we'll, we, we'd rather that because of... No, it's because we're, we're at home. It's the rule's only if you're away. Away. Okay. Right, yeah. It's not really a rule, is it? It's just kind of a gentleman's agreement with BT, isn't it? It's not really a rule. I thought it was a rule rule for next season, but I think oh, this right, season it's kind of a general. But no, I think that, that we're, we're at home, aren't we? So even though it is not a Newcastle, so it's a fair distance, yeah, the, if it's... Yeah, they've said it as you know always, so therefore deal with it. Have um, you had have you had the chance to do the Villarreal preview? The, no, I haven't. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Um but no, I think it's um the main thing with the rest is the fact that different days we all discussed at the beginning is the fact that, you know, they UEFA rotate the days for the for the games, don't they? The first and second legs. Which has mucked so, it up. So Villarreal, assuming they decent result in the first leg, they'll be resting all eleven players for their league match on the weekend probably. Well, they, they already had a rest this weekend, didn't they? Did they? Yeah. They had a rest it was cancelled, was it? Postponed, is it? Or... Uh, something like that. They, they do something. Play, or play, when, was it when we played United on the Wednesday after they had an eight-day rest? Had an eight-day rest, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's the domestic league helping them in European competition. Exactly. I was going to say that that's, that's not actually unusual for a lot of the European leagues. They actually want their teams to do well in Europe. Uh, so they uh, give them the rest they need. Whereas yeah. we don't. So... Yeah. There you go. Only Barcelona played a postponed game and got beat. 
by Rayo. All right. Anyway, that is your Under Pressure podcast for this week. We will be back next Monday for a much better prepared show featuring the first leg of the Real and the big away game at Newcastle. And we will see you then. And until then, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.